Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, powered by Anchor. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast in general. Also, portions of the live stream may be edited for podcast release. Extreme Anime Radio. Greatest city in the world, broadcasting to fans of anime and the Japanese culture all around the world. We welcome you to the one, the only, Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. It is the 23rd of April, 2020. I'm J.R. Horse, and I thank you once again for joining us for our program. We have a few guests waiting on the line to join us. So before I bring them in, I'd like to remind everybody that the Extreme Anime Radio podcast is on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. You can always listen to any of our podcast shows at any time you want through a variety of podcast channels, including Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and more. Just search for the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. With that out of the way, I will go ahead and open the audio fader number five and bring in our guests. First, my usual co-host, still uh, plugging away north of the border, Mr. Neff Canuck. How are you, sir? Good evening. I'm doing okay. It's you know, It's been the day where I could actually escape for a couple of times. It's like, oh, gee, I can go outside for a couple of times. Yay! <laughs> it, was gr- it was groceries and the chiropractor. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Me, it was a quick run, I think, today just to pick up uh, a pizza all masked out and everything. Um we are also joined by two of the cosplayers of Extreme Anime Radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida, and we're checking in with them tonight to see how they are doing. Uh, we first go to Louisiana uh, with uh, one of the Sarah cosplayers. Say hello to Umi. Hi. How are you holding hi, up? Hi, hi, hi. I'm doing okay. I'm just trying to keep positive and keep going. Very good, very good. And uh, another wonderful person, a very talented uh, streamer and artist joining us from the Pacific Coast. Please welcome Angela from Morbid Heart Designs. Hello. Hi, everyone. I hope things are going well or as well as they can be with everything that is the world experiencing. Yeah, uh, totally not normal. And by the time this is all over, whenever it's over... I'm sure it'll be a different sense of normal because, yeah, we have no idea 
how long this is going to go on, when it's going to end. We think we have positive news on the horizon. And then I read on um, Reuters and the NHK today, uh, there are new clusters of uh, possible COVID-19 in uh, Nagasaki and also another part of China is under lockdown. Yeah. Um, as we're repeating every show, or at least I'm repeating every show, it's hard not to talk about the circumstances that we're in right now. So um, I'll start with you, um Umi, how are you uh, coping right now? Well, the first thing that I do is I try to keep some type of routine going on. Either, you know, when I wake up, I change my clothes, brush my teeth, you know, all that other stuff, eat some kind of breakfast, lunch, whatever, and try to plan, you know, at least some kind of outside activity, whether it's just taking a walk or if I need to get any kind of essentials like groceries or anything like that, um, or just physical activity. I've also been riding my bike a lot. And then, you know, when the evening comes, I make dinner and I just relax at the end of the day, you know, with a hobby, whatever it's crafting or watching a movie or something. But, uh, the biggest, the biggest part is just trying to keep up some sense of normalcy you know with a routine right but at least you have you try to make some sort of plan every day so that's a good thing isn't it yeah it definitely helps keeps away the the quarantine crud (laughs) right 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 and uh yeah i kind of feel the same way but i i just stay indoors and watch animal crossing and uh various other videos and uh (laughs) I try to, you know, huddle in as best as I can during these circumstances. Um, Angela, good. how about you? Um, how are you doing? Um, it's been an interesting experience for me. I'm in Seattle area, so we've been one of the areas that were hit first. Definitely not the hardest anymore. But it's taken a lot of effort for Washingtonians across the state, which I'm really proud of our governor and our people stepping up together to do what we can to keep it from spreading. Um, I don't think we've declined in our state, but we definitely have plateaued for a significant period of time, which is good news. But it's been interesting. Um I was supposed to be in Emerald City Comic Con selling my artwork, and that was one of the first big things to get canceled up here. And then that same weekend, it went from you could have events of 250 people to 100 people to 50 people to 10 people, like literally within days. Um, (laughs) It was really, really crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, it's kind of indescribable when that's your what you do for a living is to sell your art in person to just watch everything fizzle out literally within days after you've spent six weeks prepping new, new art, getting new prints, reordering things just to see it all go. Right. And no, and then not knowing mm -hmm. when you can do events again. Right. Not just for you, but a lot of the artists who depend on, um events and conventions to make basically make a lot of their living right it's a majority of most of our income so it's it's definitely hurt a lot of people not just in the 
food industry or the hotel industry. It's hurt a lot of the arts in general, especially with music's big up here. So we have a lot of musicians and DJs. I think everybody has DJs because who doesn't like going to the club, right? Exactly, exactly. And while you're talking about conventions, I think that reminds me, since we last had our show, I believe uh, news came that two big conventions uh, called things off for this year, right, Neff? Yeah, that would be uh, Anime Expo and San Diego Comic Con. Um, that was probably expected with the governor locking down the state of California as hard as they did. Right. Uh, I, I sort of looked at it and went, yeah. And San Diego Comic-Con went first and said, sorry, we're out. And I'm like, okay, TikTok, look down at my watch. Anime Expo will do the same thing. And losing those type of large events, I mean, of course, it's not only, as, we, as we've said, you know, the people who attend, the artists, the, the guests, whatever. You're also talking about the ancillary things, the hotels, the, the restaurants. I mean, I can tell you that losing Anime North, is, for example, up here, is going to hit the local restaurants very hard because over the four days of that convention, uh, they basically they work nonstop. <laughs> they just keep making money because we're all coming in, we're all going out, we're all coming in, we're all going out. So, you know, it's all those people as well that will be affected by all this. And, I mean, I've still heard there are conventions that are planning for the fall. I'm saying maybe, but if the social distancing guidelines don't get relaxed, I don't see how a convention where everybody crams in, you know, into these tiny, well, large spaces, but a lot of people in these large spaces, I don't know. I don't see how it's going to work. Yeah, I, uh, I've i been on the phone with my... Uh... Uh, landlady in upstate New York because in a few months I'm supposed to go up there for two months of summer work and there's still no confirmation yet as to whether or not that's actually going to happen. But I think um, despite all of the hardships that everybody's facing, the most important thing we have to worry about is everybody's health because uh, we still don't know how we're going to fix this basically, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm, I'm aware, there are trials of things, but it's very preliminary right now. So a lot of this is pretty much guesswork, other than knowing that in certain areas, there are more, you know, victims, for lack of a better term, than others. That's all we know for now. Right, right. Um, Umi, I'll maybe ask you this question. Uh, do you know, uh, I'm sure you're affected, but have you spoken to... Anybody else uh, that has been affected uh, as far as the uh, event slash convention scene goes? Um, well, I'm in the overseas idol community, and I know a lot of people were planning on having performances and uh, doing, you know, merch sales and things like that. And all of that got canceled, so they're not going to be able to do their debuts and their promotions and things like that. So. Um, people are going to have to start doing more online promotion and that's hard, um, because the market is so saturated and everything. It's always, you know, having a live performance always is more enjoyable than watching something online. You know, you just have the, the live energy there. Um, and I have a lot of artist friends who are planning on, um, selling like you know everybody's got their booths going and now everybody has overstock and things like that i personally myself i bought a dress from the brand uh, elegy 
Um, she's a um, United States based um, Lolita brand. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I have some pre-made stock that I was planning on selling at conventions, but I'm putting it on sale. So pick it up if you want it. So that's what I did, you know, trying to help, you know, as much as I can, mm-hmm. you know, with small businesses and things like that. You know, my artist friends and local food vendors and things like that. And I'm happy to say that I'm doing the same thing uh, because Umi knows this. Every so often, I'm ordering coffee from New Orleans. It's good coffee. <laughs> it's it's worth it. It's there's no other comparison. I don't I don't care what anybody has to say. New Orleans has the best coffee anywhere. Uh oh. <laughs> That might be fighting words from Seattle. <laughs> Fight me, Seattle. Fight me. Oh. I love Starbucks. Don't don't get me wrong, but you can't beat PJ's or Community Coffee. You just can't. Yeah. <laughs> There's better places than Starbucks. Come up to Seattle. I'll show you around. Okay, you're on. All right, <laughs> we're gonna we have to write this down. We gotta make sure we have you know uh, official and notarized and stuff as best as we can do. <laughs> um, Angela, how how important is it, uh, you know, especially um, in your neck of the woods where small business is paramount, basically? It's uh, very important to support local um, it, or even I'm even going to go as far as to say supporting the companies that you su- want to see thrive and be there when things return to whatever the new normal is going to be. Um, I bought masks from one of my friends. I can sew. I could make them, but I wanted to support her while I had some money. So I bought some masks from her. But one thing I'm doing is I love movies. If you've checked out my YouTube channel, I review horror movies once a week. So I'm actually renting movies from AMC. They're my go-to theater. I've rented movies through their new platform. And I think it's amazing that we can do that with some of these new movies. Um, It's crazy the innovation things that are how things are changing but a lot of small companies are barely getting by and one purchase could save them from not having to fire somebody or closing down permanently like it's extremely important to support whoever you can afford to right now right i've been doing a lot of uh um, any of the local restaurants in the area that still are still open and still uh, deliver or do pickups, uh, you know, we're we're trying to support them. Uh, I go to the pizzeria today, and uh, just the two guys, the two owners, are there working and churning pizzas out, and they've put they've put chairs so you can maintain distance uh, to the counter. I've noticed, um, Neff, are they doing similar protocols like that where you are? Yeah, I mean, most of ours, however, have been reduced to takeout and delivery only. Uh, I found a little ramen place that I'm usually ordering from Friday nights now, and uh, so that'll be my Friday night dinner um, because, again, I want to help the little places because they, they need to be here, you know, when, it, when everything, you know, returns to normal. And uh, so, you know, with everything else that's going on, you know, I'm holding my my car together, you know, by the skin of its teeth, and I'm going. I can't bring it into the garage. I just have to keep nursing it along, nursing it along. At least I'm going out only once a week. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, things going on in uh, Japan land uh, in our 
Extreme Anime Radio podcast. I'm joined by Neff and Umi and uh, Angela from Morbid Heart Designs. Um, before we go into that, though, Angela, I know that uh, you wanted to uh, share a little bit about um, a health scare that you recently had that you believe was tied to COVID-19. Um, yes. Um, ironically enough, the Sunday that Emerald City was supposed to take place, um, I started to have some very concerning symptoms, uh, pain in my chest, which isn't normal. And I have anxiety, so I know anxiety what it feels like. And this was so different. Mm-hmm. And it went in these weird fluxes of extreme exhaustion, just this pit in below my heart between my lungs where it made it challenging to breathe. And then like two days later, I'd be fine for a day and I'd be out and I couldn't even move without having issues breathing. Uh, It was very scary for both me and my husband. I won't deny it. Mm -hmm. So this was also pretty early on with everything when there wasn't as many tests as there are now. And yes, it's still hard to get tests, but Mm -hmm. I'm type one diabetic. So I'm at risk. Mm -hmm. And sorry. I didn't want to end up going to the emergency room because you don't want to flood it if you don't need it. If you, you know, you have to make those kinds of decisions, right? Especially when where everybody was having more issues with PPE and everything. I'm sure everyone under, knows all of the the drama around all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I called into the virtual clinic, and the doctor said, "I want to test you." But because most of the symptoms you are having are mild, I'm being denied testing you because you don't have a fever. Mm. So I didn't get the testing. Um, It took me two days to even get my medication, having to call, go back and forth, which is an utter nightmare because everybody's so swamped with what was going on and I'm sure people who are in hotbeds of this have have similar horror stories uh, finally got my medication after fighting for myself for 48 hours and that was hard it, I took three hour naps between every attempt because it was utterly exhausting mm-hmm. and eventually I got to the point where I couldn't even sit up for 10 minutes I couldn't talk without struggling to breathe and I decided that it was time to go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Mm. I did make a YouTube video going into some more of the detail about what what it was like if you'd want to check it out on my YouTube channel. It's kind of long. I don't want to go into all those those details here, but it wasn't a fun experience. Hmm. And the only way I got tested was because I went to the emergency room. Wow. And that's kind of a hard call to make. Are you going to come out? Yeah. Are you going to be admitted and isolated right. away from everyone? Right. Luckily, my oxygen was good and my lungs were clear, which means I didn't have the pneumonia that's typically associated with COVID-19. Right. And I don't know how my test came back negative, but it did. Wow. 
but I don't know if this was done correctly for the swab. And some of them are only 60% accurate. Some of them are only 80%. So there's, there's a chance that I had it. It wasn't a normal illness. Anyone who says it's like the flu is wrong. Right. And, and this is you on a mild case. I was a mild case. That's and I literally th- couldn't move so I could keep breathing. Wow. They've been doing tests recently in New York, and people who didn't have the symptoms, they tested them later somehow, and they had, like, the the antibodies of COVID-19. So it may be that um, I think with some of the COVID-19 tests, there's, like, an actual window um, that you have to test within to see if you actually yep. have it, right? And there could be a chance that because I was on the tail end, I started feeling better a few days later and just had fatigue for weeks that Mm -hmm. it was out of the time to test. Now, I interact with the public and Mm -hmm. my husband was in New York within the time frame for the the symptoms to start displaying in me Mm -hmm. when he came home. So he could have been asymptomatic himself. We'll never know unless we can get the antibody tests here, but they're not giving them here. So, right. so stay home, wash your hands if you have to go outside, wear a mask, don't touch your face. You do not want to have that question, that feeling, did I give this to my friend, my family member? Am I the reason to go for the dramatic that mm. they died? You don't want to live through that, I promise. Right. And uh, it's, uh, it's very hard to talk about, uh, uh, Angela. Thank you so much for... For sharing that with our listeners, it's uh, very important uh, to everybody listening out there. Try to continue to do their best to follow uh, safe uh, protocols, just to make sure that uh, um, you guys can continue to be healthy as best as you can. Um, Neff, is there anything you'd like to say to follow up on this? I think I think uh, it was mostly everything she said and more. Because remember, folks. It's not just about you. It's about the people around you, whether it be your friends, your family, especially if your family is older and at higher risk. So, I mean, I've, I've had people up here say, oh, it's not that bad or we need to reopen because, you know, the economy is in the dumpster. And I keep saying to them, the only people that are going to benefit if it's not properly done is the morticians. Yeah. I don't want to go into, you know, the situations with the funeral parlors over here. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah, I, I can well imagine because over in Italy, uh, if you read the stories, you're just your eyes just boggle. That's all I'll say. Right. Uh, Umi, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, pretty much what everybody else has said. Um, it's not just about you. Um, things that are material possessions and things that you think you need from stores you don't need them right now you don't need a haircut you don't need to get your nails done people have been living for centuries without having barbers and things like that you know that stuff isn't essential you know if the police tell you to stay inside or leave a playground just do it it's not just about you it's everybody involved if you need to go outside if you want to go outside like i said earlier i've been going outside but i 
stick to by myself. I go to places where there aren't other people. You know, I don't go to parks. Most of the parks around here are closed if they have the ability to, like, if if they have a fence, you know, a gate they can shut. You know, just try your best to stay away from people. Um, If you have any family members that, you know, are easily affected, ask them if they need any help getting supplies or anything. But, you know do everything all at once, you know, make your groceries for yourself, your mom, your dad, your brother, your cat, all in one trip. If you can help it, you know, don't go outside unnecessarily. And plus they're like, there will be no, no economy if there's no people alive to create an economy. So, you know, whatever anybody says, you know, we don't need to rush this. This needs to be done, you know, as long as it's safe. You know, as long as we're all inside and still living and breathing and not spreading germs, we're going to be okay. We'll figure it out. You know, that's what humans do. (laughs) You can rebuild if you're alive. Right. You can't do that if you're dead. We will rebuild. (laughs) There you go. Sound advice from everybody on the stream, and uh, we hope you'll consider that if you're listening. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break because uh, we have some sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to bring you some good news, including Sailor Moon news. So we'll be right back here on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. She's hip. She's cool. She loves to dance. And she loves to live life to the fullest. Who is she? She's Sarah Yoshida, the mascot of Extreme Anime Radio. And now, Sarah gives personalized video greetings. Thanks to the help of the many cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida, we bring you Sarah Shoutouts. One of the cosplayers of Sarah will provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Ask for advice or an uplifting message? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. Each Sarah shout-out is only $8. Proceeds will be used toward our monthly live stream bills and help promote the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shout-out, please email us at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or private message us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash animeradio or on Instagram at extremeanimeradio. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, being joined by Neff Canuck and Umi and Angela of Morbid Heart Designs. Thank you so much for joining us, and we thank everybody on the call as well. Um, We're talking about uh, all sorts of things. Uh, uh, On a positive note, we do have some news coming from Japan uh, that uh, fans of Sailor Moon will be interested in. Um, for those of you who may not be aware, uh, there are a couple of Sailor Moon movies, I believe, coming out soon, uh, the first of which is going to be coming out in September. And, uh, Neff, you can fill us in a little bit. It's going to be a continuation of Sailor Moon Crystal, will it not? Yes, and uh, I'm just looking up the article now from Sora News 24. 
and I'm trying to read it and bear with me while I remind myself. Uh, they're releasing a bunch of episodes, I believe. Let me just read this again. Again, bear with me. Sure. Bifocals suck. <laughs> uh, they're, re- they're releasing the episodes from R, S, and S. No, R, S. Original and- R and S, I believe. That's right. On YouTube. Free. So for those of you who wonder, for some reason, they didn't include Super S and, you know, uh, thing, Crystal, Stars. or uh, not Crystal. Uh, Eternal. You know, Stars. Stars, thank you. Yeah. Brain yeah. death. <laughs> Again, long, long day, folks. And so people wonder why. And then you read the article, and apparently, you know, they're saying, well, the franchise was running out of steam and all this. And I'm going, I don't think it was, was it that bad? I don't think so. I mean, Stars, okay. Yeah, the animation got a little wonky. A little. Story, you know. <laughs> okay, I'm being politically correct here because you know there's a part of my brain that goes blah, turned into abstract art. Um, but uh, and then you know, of course, the series just sort of ends. Right. So I think maybe they wanted to avoid that because, in theory, the end of S was a nice, you know, uh, ending point. Right. But the fact that they're they're offering this free, I mean. Uh, I'll say this, a lot of the companies are realizing that, you know, we're stuck at home mm-hmm. and we need something to do. And if you want to binge on Sailor Moon, I think that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Um, if I can remember what I read, I think starting tomorrow, which well, that's tomorrow Japanese time. So that would be probably soon after we're doing this live stream. They're going to release 10 episodes of Sailor Moon every Friday. Until they get to the end of the S series. Um, and it's going to be on the official Sailor Moon YouTube channel, which leads me to believe that it's going to be the original Japanese version. None of the articles I read say anything about English subtitles. Um, have you read anything about that? Well, I'm just reading the article now. Right. Um, I don't think so. Uh, and that that could be a problem for those of us whose Japanese is, as I like to say, mine is. I could get arrested, yeah. I could get deported, or I could get my face slapped. That's the <laughs> extent of my Japanese, I'm afraid. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, yeah, whatever happens uh, with the translation, I would strongly advise you not to do the YouTube automatic English. Oh come on, that'd be hilarious! Make a drinking <laughs> game out of it. How bad is it? Oh no, <laughs> you'll be in a coma by the end of classic. Yeah, but uh, no. The um, what I read was that for the Sailor Moon movies that are coming out, which are quote unquote a continuation of Sailor Moon Crystal, they're going to be bringing on the original art designer from the 1990s Sailor Moon series. So to celebrate that, they're re-releasing the first three seasons of the original series from the 90s, even though these movies are supposed to be the continuation of Sailor Moon Crystal. Have I confused anybody yet? No, but don't don't think too hard, Jr. I can hear I can hear the wood burning. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I think I followed. You followed? Yeah, I. Uh, it's kind of uh, confusing, but I, I would think maybe it, it seemed like Crystal had n- not so much of a good reaction compared to the original series in the long run, right? People initially thought, oh, wow, the graphics are amazing and the artwork is stupendous. And then it was like, uh eh. 
Well, the big problem was they promised this, okay? They even said, remember the first season, we're doing every two weeks. Right. And then the animation errors that were cropping up, it was just like, and it wasn't just minor stuff. I mean, the the still frames tell everything. (laughs) At one point, Sailor Mars' face looked like it was melting off her face like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just no. (laughs) I think what he's referring to is, uh, is it from the opening sequence? There's like one uh, frame that when you pause the video, it looks like uh, Sailor Mars has pink eye or something. Yeah, something like that. I think. I think, but that that was just the that was just the smallest of errors. I mean, there there were some pretty gross errors in the animation. You're just going, and you've got two weeks between episodes. It's yeah. not like you're cranking them out every week. <laughs> like, yikes! And didn't they push back the original release like initially, so they had even more time? I feel like that was a yeah. Thing and that and they claimed that the home video version would be cleaned up. And from what I've seen, well, I got to ask, there were still some things that like, uh, what? Huh? And the problem is on Blu-ray, it's even more glaring. Oh, yeah. You know, you you just do that freeze frame and you're just going, okay, the animator was obviously on their sake break (laughs) and let their six-year-old do it. Oh, (laughs) boy. Oh, wow. That's uh, (laughs) I want to know what they're on moment. What'd you say? Sorry. Was that a, I want to know what they're on moment? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way, uh, the way you put it, Nev, it looks like, you know, jumping off of a cliff with that. My goodness. Yeah, and like I said, for a show that had such, you know, thing behind it, so, so much clout, so much, you know, the original manga artist was involved, you really thought that the details would be looked after. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me, and I'm going to date myself here, I don't know if you remember the Pontiac Fiero, which was a small Ooh. little sports car by Pontiac. Had some minor problems, including catching fire every so often, <laughs> which, considering it was called the Fiero, was irony in the extreme. Fiero being, of course, fire in Spanish. So mm, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that puts a literal sense to it, doesn't it? Indeed. Um now, Angela, uh, you being an artist yourself, uh, are you a fan of the Sailor Moon franchise at all? I am not a fan of Sailor Moon. The extent of my knowledge, when I was eight years old, I had a Japanese pen pal who sent me some cards. That's the extent of my Sailor Moon, outside of cosplayers at conventions. I see, I see. Um, is there any, uh, is there any uh, series that you're fond of out of the ones you are familiar with? Um, I just watched one on Netflix. I might say this incorrectly. I say it's Beasters because I think it's funny, but I think most people say it's Beast Beast Stars. I really enjoyed that one. Hmm. It's definitely an adult-themed one. I will put disclaimer there. Beastars. Beastars, yeah. Beastars. Yep. That one, the characters are really oh, intriguing. Mm-hmm. Like the whole story, it was just for Netflix to do an anime, an anime type story, and Excel was mind boggling. No offense, I love Netflix, but mm-hmm. they upped their game with that one. <laughs> I know that uh, the anime industry is uh, also suffering with what's going on, and uh, we've been talking uh, recently, uh, especially Neff, about. Um, a lot of uh, manga and anime that are going to be 
postponed. Uh, have you heard anything out of the grapevine up in the last week? Well, I have heard a few shows, and I unfortunately didn't keep track of them, also have been pushed back to July and or to be determined, which is usually the kiss of death. Right. But let's hope, you know, it's just pushing it maybe back as far as winter, perhaps. Uh, a couple of shows I'm following. Now, I haven't seen any news about them being, you know, pushed back yet. But, I, I you know, it's bad as an anime fan when you're watching a weekly show and you're like, okay, is this the week you find out it's been delayed or whatever? So it's like, you know, that one is Kaguya-sama, uh, Love is War, Season 2. Right. Uh, and I'm really, like I said, I'm really sitting here with bated breath going, please don't get postponed, please don't get postponed, please don't get postponed. <laughs> so uh, it's the life of a, life of a manga, a manga and an anime fan these days. Right. Um, in addition to uh, we mentioned earlier about the new... COVID clusters out in Asia. Um, Japan is trying to cut down on the amount of traveling people do um, around the country uh, to prevent uh, the spread of the virus. Um, and they've just uh, expanded their entry ban until the end of May. Uh, a few weeks ago, they put an entry ban on a lot of major countries and territories, including Canada, the United States, most of Europe, Australia, New Zealand. If you've been in any of those areas in the last 14 days, you won't be allowed to enter Japan uh, unless you have like a urgent family reason, humanitarian reason, that sort of thing. They've now are going to expand that to the end of May. And with that um, announcement uh, comes a further reduction in uh, flights uh, operating to and from Japan. And now I saw something from Japan Post you know, in the previous shows, I've been talking about a couple of care packages I've ordered in, from Japan to some of my friends, and um, they still haven't left Japan. They were ordered both almost a month ago, and now I re read this update from Japan Post, but it's in Japanese, suggesting now that they're going to stop all shipments to the United States because there are no flights or there are very little flights. Now, whether or not that only affects... Um, new shipments or shipments already pending. I couldn't get the gist of that. But, uh, yeah, to give everybody an example, All Nippon Airways is one of the two major Japanese airlines along with JAL. Now, I didn't look up JAL, but All Nippon, they are cutting almost all of their flights to U.S. cities from Tokyo. Um, they normally operate a f uh, two flights every day, between uh, Kennedy Airport in New York and uh, one of the airports in Tokyo. Two flights a day. From now until the end of May, they're only flying, I think, one day a week. They're flying here, I think, on like a Wednesday and flying back on like a Thursday. Mm. Yikes. Which means if, I, if, if my aviation knowledge uh, is correct... They actually have to fly two sets of crews on one plane. One crew to handle the flight coming over and one crew to handle the flight coming back because I'm pretty sure that they're not going to want to have any crews sitting around here for about seven or eight days. Yeah, and I just found something I meant to mention before. Oh. Uh, apparently, Air Canada is limiting their flights to the U.S. Uh-oh. Yikes. 
Well, there goes my visit to see you. In a- <laughs> <laughs> and even if you tried, if you tried driving, they're going to turn you back at the border right now. Oh. Yeah, everything, including the cars, right? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Only essential can cross into the U.S., so it's only fair you guys do it, too. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, except there's a cluster of nurses, etc., who cross the border from Windsor to Detroit. Mm. Only essential. They're considered very essential. Oh, very yeah. essential, yeah. But apparently there there's some talk that even that's going to get shut down because they're afraid that you know those nurses will bring back what they pick up in Detroit. Yeah, this is this is really a fine line that they got to, you know, make one call the other, I think, right? Mhm. Um I meant to ask um Angela and Umi and I'll start with Angela because this is her first time on this particular podcast. She's been on our request shows before when we did Extreme Anime Radio, but uh Angela, I believe this is the first time you're actually on the podcast, correct? That is correct, and I'm super excited about it. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I did want to ask you briefly, because I think I've brought it up with some of the others. Uh, do you have any interest in visiting Japan one day uh, um, when things return to some sort of normalcy? And if that's the case, is there any location you'd like to visit? I definitely want to go to Japan one day. I actually had uh, one of my husband's coworkers offer to have us join them next year in 2021 so we'll see if that happens okay my cool. passport expired so i gotta get that fixed but i don't you know not too important right now can't go anyway i understand um, yes. i definitely probably cliche answer we'd love to go during the cherry blossom season mm, probably one of the best times to go and uh usually a, a place where everybody can walk around and uh, sit down under the um, the cherry blossoms and eat and drink and have a nice time. But we know now you look uh, at the cherry blossom scenes and they're virtually empty. People were strolling through, but, you know, no parties or anything, no no big gatherings. Um, but, yeah, I would, uh, I would highly recommend then, uh, well, you say cherry blossoms, pretty much uh, uh, all of Japan is known for cherry blossoms. It's, uh, some people say, um, it's a sign of how fragile life is because the cherry blossoms yeah. only open up for a small period of time. And it's hard to time it too. So exactly. That's, that's one thing you got to keep in mind. And another thing you can keep in mind also is that usually, uh, you know, per, per the usual weather patterns, the cherry blossoms will start opening in the South of Japan and then make their way up North. So they'll start, uh, early on in like uh, Kyushu, Shikoku, Western Japan, and then they'll move across Osaka, Tokyo, and then move up uh, eventually to Tohoku and um, Sapporo. Um, now, Umi, you've been to Japan once, and what time of the year was that? R- refresh my memory. It was four years ago right now. <laughs> oh, Wow. Yeah, I got the Facebook reminder, the little memory thing popped up, and I was like, I was in Japan right now four years ago. <laughs> and I remember I, I helped you uh, I helped you book a ticket, right? I found uh, I found that the airfares were dirt cheap, and there, there we go. Yes. Yes, you did. You helped me with the Shinkansen and all the trains and everything, because all that stuff is really confusing if you don't know how to deal with trains normally so 
I don't, there's no kind of public transport around here. So I had no idea how trains work <laughs> really. Like I think I've been on a train like once or twice in my whole life. And so that just, just that part of the trip was a complete new thing, you know, on top of all the other like country and cultural new differences. So thank you for helping me. <laughs> of course, of course. And you know, I'll be happy to help anybody who has any questions about that. Um, I don't know if you brought this up the last time we were on, Umi. Um, one of the places that you visited was in northern Japan, correct? Yeah, it was in Kanazawa. Um, I was planning on going to Kyoto, but a day or two before we were set to go there, they had an earthquake. So we had to hurry up and switch our plans to somewhere else. So we were like oh, let's go to Kanazawa. We got recommended it. And it was pretty cool. Um, They had a nice little garden. We visited, like, a castle garden. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was kind of a touristy area because they had the garden, the castle garden. They had, a, like, a samurai downtown um, reenactment area. Like, you can go into the old houses, which were very tiny, by the way. <laughs> very, very tiny. Uh-huh. Um. But it was still cool. Like, I'm glad that I got a chance to go outside of the typical Tokyo um, vacation areas. It was was nice to see, like, something a little different. Yeah. I would would do anything to kind of do the same thing that I did on my previous trip, which was uh, 2017. Uh, taking the train along the old Tokaido, including uh, visiting the old preserved town of Seki, where there's only one train per hour to get there. So that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of public transportation, something I did want to mention: um, uh, when you were in uh, Tokyo, uh, Umi, and well, this goes for Neff as well because uh, he visited uh, when I went with uh, Mary several years back. Do you remember boarding the trains in Japan and before the train would leave, there's like this little melody that plays? Yeah, the little jingle. Yeah, yeah it's like, wait a minute, that, that sounds quite soothing. Yes. <laughs> and they, they introduced those things to try to make things a little more sophisticated, especially during some of the chaos that happens during a lot of these rush hours with uh, people packing into trains and whatnot. Um, so, um, the reason I bring that up is that I've been watching, uh, an Amazon prime series featuring one of the hosts of the old top gear show, James May, and it's called James May, our man in Japan. It's a six episode series. I am completely hooked. And, uh, you see James May, uh, traversing all these unique parts of Japan and the culture in only the way he can do it, basically. And there is one part where he is actually visiting Minoru Mukaya, who is a, a name that I've mentioned a lot of times here on the station. He uh, it was a keyboardist in a, a fusion rock band called Cassiopeia, very popular in the late 70s, throughout the 80s, and into the 90s for doing the jazz rock fusion type of music. But he's also a train nerd, kind of like me. And he created his own company called Ongakukan. 
he not only makes train simulators uh, to help different railway companies practice, you know, to train their drivers and whatnot, uh, but he is also creates these departure melodies uh, for a lot of the train systems. So he's developed for Keihan. I think he's developed some stuff for Keisei and from for the Tokyo Metro Subway as well. And uh, so what happens is that uh, James May is with some people in Shibuya. He listens to the departure melody, and one of the guys says, you have to meet Mr. Mukaya. So he goes and meets Mr. Mukaya, and he creates a jingle for James May. And uh, if you – oh, Neff is, is kind of like scratching his head when I say that. Well, having watched James May and some of his earlier works – I can only imagine what they created for him. If you want to look it up, look up because he he tells him. I'm gonna. I'll tell you a little bit about. It. I want to say too much. He tells Minoto Mukaya, I want to. What if uh, you know the departure melodies? You're supposed to evoke a specific um, meaning into the seven or eight seconds you have in a departure jingle. So, what would you do for James May? So, um. He he gives a, a two notes. James May, and then James May goes because he's been saying uh, he's been apologizing a lot on this trip. He he wants to his uh, train station to be called James May Sumimasen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oops. Yeah. If you watch the series. He apologizes a lot for stuff that happens during the trip, um, which include a trip, um, if you watch the beginning of the very first episode. But I would highly recommend watching uh, the James May series on Amazon. Um, I would recommend starting from the very beginning where he starts in Hokkaido and starts making his way all the way through Japan. But I think it's episode three where he's in Tokyo and he visits uh, the person to create his own uh, departure jingle. <laughs> that's on the watch pile yes definitely um and i'm gonna play it for these guys uh when we're off the air uh but um but yeah anybody wants to look it up i don't think i want to play it right now because i would probably break a lot of copyright laws look up james may sumimasen on google and you'll see the clip i'm talking about it's like the seven second departure melody for james may sumimasen station but um no, uh, uh, on the uh, on the long term front, uh, that's kind of my hope is to actually kind of do the same thing James May's doing. But I probably won't have three months to film any TV shows like he did. I'll probably have like three weeks. So if I can go uh, and take the trains from the tip of Hokkaido all the way to the south of Kyushu. And then maybe throw in a trip to Okinawa in the middle somewhere. I think I'll be happy. Ambitious plan, but I'm sure you can pull it off. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, this guy could pull it off. What's that? I mean, if, you could pull it off. If you can plan that whole trip where you went on the individual trains, like instead of taking a Shinkansen, you could do that. Like that's That sounds like easy peasy for you. Oh, yeah. Well, I had to do that a little bit with the trip I just took. Uh, yeah. 
basically looking up, um, you know, my trip, uh, my plans for the next day, or just a lot of stuff I had to do on the fly, um, including uh, one day taking the local trains, and it was getting so late I had to end up taking the Shinkansen anyway. So, and were not for that, I would not run into Yoshiki's Crystal Piano. <laughs> That's amazing. I can't believe you saw that. Yeah. So it was part of a, uh, uh, again, and the reason for that was that I was in Hamamatsu, very popular uh, place uh, where a lot of musical instruments are built. So um, I could go into more of Japan in the future. But unfortunately, uh, our time is starting to run out here on the podcast um, I want to thank uh, all of our guests for joining us here today, um, especially you, Angela, for joining us uh, for the very first time on this podcast. Um, I did want to give you, Angela, the opportunity to tell us uh, briefly about uh, your business, Morbid Heart Designs. Well, I do a lot of fan art, specifically cutesy horror fan art. And I also am taking commissions right now. I created a code on my website specifically for this. It's XAR Podcast. You can get 20% off of orders over $15, U.S. shipping only. Ooh. So if you want to go check out what I have to offer, I like I said, I do fan art and horror fan art. I also have a Zodiac series that has cards, which actually make great gifts. You can fill them out yourself. They're blank, do them for whatever, like... We got COVID. Happy birthday. I miss you. Anything. It's there for you to send to your friends and your loved ones. Um, my website's morbidheartdesigns.com. You'll also find links to my socials if you want to hang out on Twitch, where I create art three days a week, sometimes longer. You can check that out, too. Great, great. We really appreciate you joining us uh, during these circumstances, Angela, and thank you for telling us your story. Thanks for having me. And uh, Umi, how about you? Anything else you'd like to say? How can people reach you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, all of my handles everywhere is Shoujo no Umi. Um, I'm on pretty much every single social media. Um, so yeah, just give me a follow and enjoy my content. Thank you so much, Umi, for joining us. Really appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. And uh, Nev Kanak, uh, anything you'd like to say as we uh, close out our show? Mm, I think we've had a very fulsome show tonight. Uh, I'd like to remind folks that uh, we're here every week or so. And uh, if you want to catch us and you miss an episode, go to anchor.fm uh, forward slash anime radio. Am I correct in that? Yes, I am. Okay, so I'm remembering. Th I'm remembering things, folks. This is a good sign. <laughs> I can't remember what day it is anymore since I've been trapped in here, but I remember that. That's a good sign. Well, when people listen to us on Anchor, it won't matter what day it is, really. So, oh dear, you've just described this what we're living through right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we like to remind everybody, of course, um, about the Sarah shoutouts. If you're interested in helping us uh, defray um, some of the expenses we still have with regards to the live stream servers. Uh, you can go ahead and uh, contact us for more information on that, and we will give you the details. The Sarah shout-outs are $8 each, and um, it will bring you one of the cosplayers of Extreme Anime Radio mascot, Sarah Yoshia, to deliver a video greeting if you'd like to... Uh, 
wish somebody a happy birthday, uh, good luck, hope you feel better soon. If you're too shy to say something, once Sarah to say it on your behalf, there are many possibilities. So please contact us for more information. And uh, to contact us, uh, Neff will tell you that right now. You can either go to our uh, Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash anime radio and hit us up with a private message there or extreme anime radio at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at anime radio or twitter.com forward slash anime radio or we're on Instagram at extreme anime radio. So um, we're probably going to have another podcast next week sometime. We might take a week off after that. Uh, we will keep you posted through our usual social media channels, so please follow us and also follow uh, Angela and Umi on social media at the places they just described as well. So we thank you for joining us, and uh, all stuff to say is for Angela, Umi, and for Neff, I'm JR. Thank you for joining us, and remember, keep on listening for the Extreme on Radio podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. She's hip, she's cool, she loves to dance, and she loves to live life to the fullest. Who is she? She's Sarah Yoshida, the mascot of Extreme Anime Radio. And now, Sarah gives personalized video greetings. Thanks to the help of the many cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida, we bring you Sarah Shoutouts. One of the cosplayers of Sarah will provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Ask for advice or an uplifting message? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. Each Sarah shout-out is only $8. Proceeds will be used toward our monthly live stream bills and help promote the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shout-out, please email us at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or private message us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash animeradio or on Instagram at extremeanimeradio. Terms and conditions apply. Extreme Anime Radio.